Welcome to the About Seth podcast, where we're talking all things Seth Godin. Today's Seth Godin offering is a short, free ebook called Really Bad PowerPoint and How to Avoid It, obviously by Seth Godin. If you want to check it out for yourself, it's only about 10 pages. Head to www.aboutseth.com slash free. Now, as I guess uh, PowerPoint's been around a long time, I believe this this ebook itself, this is from 2001. So obviously PowerPoint has had a lot of upgrades and updates since 2001. But this book is actually still pretty relevant because it's not saying about the specific tools or the specific uh, stylistic elements that you could involve in your slides. It's, it's a, a lot more big picture into thinking about your presentation as a whole. So Seth has also very recently, as in, in the start of 2017, put out a course on Udemy, uh, and it's called Seth Godin's Presenting to Persuade. Now, the next episode after this is actually going to be my review of Seth Godin's Presenting to Persuade on Udemy. So if you want a more updated version, feel free to check that out. Uh, Literally just type in Seth Godin's Presenting to Persuade or go to Udemy and type in Seth Godin. But let's get into really bad PowerPoint and how to avoid it. So as I said, it's very short. It's like 10 pages, but it's probably really only six or seven when you get down to it. And the first section is why are your PowerPoints so bad? Hint, it's not your fault. And Seth says that PowerPoint was created as a way for different departments to communicate effectively without the use of dense written memos. So he says there was a way for the engineers to communicate with the marketing department. Once it spread to the outside world, it took on a life of its own. PowerPoint could be the most powerful tool on your computer but it's probably not. It's actually a dismal failure, and almost every PowerPoint presentation sucks. (laughs) And much of the fault lies with Microsoft, Seth says. The inbuilt templates and wizards are the reason we're left with page after page of bullets and big headlines and awful backgrounds. And the next section, this is not communicating. And that's the magic word. The purpose of PowerPoint is to communicate with your audience. But in reality, most presentations are doing three things, none of which lead to good presentations. They're either a teleprompter, and I'm sure you've sat through a meeting where the presenter literally reads off their slides. So why would they bother holding a meeting? Why don't they just send a file out? Second might be a written record of what was presented, (coughs) and this is the the cover-your-ass strategy. It's the presenter's way of avoiding having to create, I guess, a formal written report so he can say, this is what I talked about, and she can ensure that the uh, the point, I guess, was covered in the meeting and it was approved in the meeting. Or the third is to make it easier for your audience to remember what was presented. So after you've read out your slides, you give the audience a verbatim transcript that they can have for future reference. So none of those are really communicating. And the next section is that communication is a transfer of emotion. If you want to create a file of facts and figures, Seth says just cancel the meeting and send out the report. You can even make the report in PowerPoint if you want, but don't hold a presentation. 
writing a list of everything you want to see isn't synonymous with powerfully communicating ideas. Communication is about getting others to adopt your point of view and to help them understand why you're excited or sad or or, or optimistic. The three tasks that I mentioned previously that most people try to get out of a PowerPoint are in direct conflict with what a great presentation should be. When you show up and give a presentation, people want to use both parts of their brain, the right, the emotional, musical, moody side, and the left, the facts and the hard data side. The right side judges the way you talk, the way you look, and your body language. And their mind is made up before you even get to your second slide. So it's probably too late for your dot points to help you at that point. And logic isn't enough. If all it took was logic, no one would smoke cigarettes. And every smart proposal would be adopted. But you don't win with pure logic because you need to add that emotional element into it too. PowerPoint presents an amazing opportunity. You can use a screen to talk emotionally to the audience's right brain through their eyes and your words can go into your audience's ears to talk to their left brain. The next section is titled, It's Selling. If everyone in the room agreed with you, then you wouldn't need a presentation. You could save a lot of time by printing out the, a one-page project report and deliver it to each person. The reason we do presentations is to make a point and to sell an idea. But selling is hard, and most people don't even want to admit that they're trying to sell. Instead of taking a chance and trying to sell in the form of a presentation, we make our presentations boring. If you believe in your idea, then sell it. Make your point as hard as you can and get what you came for. Your audience will thank you for it because deep down, we all want to be sold. So, the four components of a great presentation. One, make cue cards. This means that you can make sure that you say what you want to say without having to write it all down on the screen. Two, make slides that reinforce your words, not repeat them. The slide should demonstrate with emotion that what you're saying is not only accurate, but also true. For example, if you're talking about the horrors of pollution, don't put up four bullet points of statistical data. Instead, put some photos of smog and some dead birds or a diseased lung. Three, create a written document, a leave behind. Put in as much detail as you want, add as many footnotes as you like, and at the start of the presentation, Tell the audience that you're going to give them all the details after it's over and that they don't have to take any notes. And a quick note here is it's make sure you hand this out at the end of your show, not at the beginning, because otherwise will people just they'll just read the whole thing and they won't pay attention. You want them to sit back, watch, listen, take it in, take in the emotional and the intellectual points. And number four is to create a feedback cycle. Remove any ambiguity. For instance, if your presentation is to get approval for a project, hand out a project approval form and get them to approve it. So, what's on your slides? Sets five rules for creating amazing PowerPoint presentations. One, no more than six slides. <clears throat> One, no more than six words on a slide, ever. Two, no cheesy images, no clip art, Make sure they're professional. Three, no dissolve spins, uh, cascades, or any other transitions. None, just a simple click. 
4. Sound effects can be used a few times per presentation, but never use the sound effects that are built into the program. Instead, get your own sounds from good sources. And 5. Don't hand out printouts of your slides. Your slides are meant to be emotional and they only work when you're presenting them. They don't work if you're just looking at them on a piece of paper without the story behind it. If someone wants to see your slides afterwards or someone wants to pass your slides onto the boss, tell them the slides only go if you go too. Just handing over the presentation isn't the same as presenting it. And Seth says the this is his home run. You put up a slide, it triggers an emotional reaction in the audience. They sit up, they want to know what you're going to say to fit the image. Then, if you do it right, every time they think of what you say, they'll see the image in their mind. And every time they see the image, they'll think of what you say. Uh, the, the second last section. Alas, this is harder than what you do now. And what we do now is lazy and ineffective. It bores people rather than communicating with them. You're far more likely to get what you want if you have an audience that's eager to hear what you have to say. And isn't that the point? Now, Seth's final bit is a bit of a twist on a, on a common quote. And he says that, I'm sorry this ebook is so short. He said, actually, if I hadn't spent so much time on it, it would have been longer. And what he's saying is how you avoid bad PowerPoint is everyone's looking at PowerPoint all wrong. PowerPoint should be there as emotional triggers, as a way of communicating, as a way of, of supporting, and as a way of reinforcing your words. Don't put up dot points and don't put up too much detail on your slides. So as Seth said, he's sorry that this is a short one, but that's all, it's, that's all that he wanted to say. If you want to check out this little short eight-page ebook for yourself, head to www.aboutseth.com slash free. And if you want to watch an updated version of this in course form with a whole lot of examples, I'd recommend you head to Seth's Udemy course. Uh, the next episode, I'll be reviewing that Udemy course. And the Udemy is called Seth Godin's Presenting to Persuade. Thank you for listening to the About Seth podcast. I hope you learned something along the way. I strongly urge you to check out more Seth Godin. You could either buy one of his books, check out one of his TED Talks, or subscribe to his daily blog. Or go to aboutseth.com. Seth.com.